You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world in the podcast where you become the hero. Okay, guys. Welcome to another uh, live stream for the uh, personal development through martial arts podcast. We're here with uh, Sifu Rick Spain, all the way from Australia. Sifu Spain, how are you? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, Bogdan. It's a pleasure to have you uh, once again. And guys, we got together today to mainly to discuss the recent fight, um, the recent fight, you know, the Wing Chun versus uh, MMA fight that happened. I think it was in Hong Kong or um, somewhere in, um, in that part of the world. And, uh, you know, if you, you've been doing Wing Chun, you, you couldn't have missed this uh, fight. And just to comment a bit on uh, what happened and uh, how you can avoid being in a situation like that or how to better prepare yourself for in a, a fight versus an MMA um, person. But first of all, Sifu Spain, please, before we begin, please tell everyone a bit about yourself, a bit about your experience and um, your background. Thank you. Um, okay, I've been practicing Wing Chun for over 40 years. My master is Grandmaster William Chung. Uh, I started uh, Judo in the late 60s, uh, Kyokushin in the mid-70s, and Wing Chun in the late 70s. And I was a live-in disciple, live-in student, Uchideshi, they call it in Japanese, uh, in the school in Melbourne in Australia for a number of years and fought competitively out of that school. And... Um, you know, I won the state, national, and then eventually the world full contact title in Hong Kong in the mm-hmm. early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then went to personal security, uh, put some bodyguard work, stuff like that. Um, and then decided, because knowing full well from an early age, this was the thing that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I opened up a school, and now we have a handful of schools in Australia we have one in Europe, and we're looking to expand slowly but surely because I think it needs to be done slowly so that we can maintain uh, a high level of integrity and quality. But it's kind of a snapshot into my life. And I still train, you know, three, four hours a day because I, I this is all I do. And I teach uh, maybe 15 to 20 classes a week. So it's a full-time job. That includes training and private lessons and all my classes. So, yeah, I'm pretty much doing exactly what I want to do and exactly what I was doing when I was in my late teens. Mm-hmm. And now I'm nearly 60 and I'm still training as hard as I can because even though, you know, you pick up injuries along the way, I think it's essential that if you're on the mat and you're teaching a class, you have to be in top shape at all times. I love that. I love that. And uh, we got a chance to sit down um, previously and uh, get deeper into your background and uh, the lessons that you learned on, on the way. And guys, I apologize. Uh, we had some uh, technical difficulties. We lost the interview, but um, maybe we can uh, take another chance and uh, sit down and have that conversation once again. I would very much like that. That'd be great. Awesome. So yeah, that was fun. I really appreciated that. Excuse me? I didn't, I didn't get the last part. Uh, oh, no, I just said yes. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciated it. 
Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and full of insight. Um, <laughs> let's dive into uh the topic. You know, what was your reaction when you first saw this fight, this Wing Chun versus MMA fight? Oh, look, you know, um, I have a feel controversial view on the way Wing Chun's going, and uh, yes. at first I was disappointed because you know we all get tarred with the same brush. You say Wing Chun, and everyone thinks everyone's the same, but there are vastly different disciplines in Wing Chun now. Um, an overview is, you know, look, it's this guy that challenged the Wing Chun guy was a full-time MMA fighter, and mm-hmm. uh, he's prepping for contact, contact sport all the time. You know, it's going to be very difficult. I don't know the background of the two Wing Chun guys, but it was a bit cringeworthy. It was, a, to me, it seemed like a bit of a show, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, do you yep, feel, carry on. Do you feel that there was um, a huge difference between the two fighters in terms of um, fighting experience, in terms of actually sparring? Yeah, look, okay, uh, my, my first thing I notice when I see that is, okay, you've got a guy that's coming in. I mean, let's just go through just what they were wearing for a start. You've got mm-hmm. a guy in an MMA, Rashi, he's in sprawl shorts. Yeah. There's not a lot you can grab. He's already set up for that. He's, he understands the clinch, so he's already minimizing the amount of uh, foothold you can get on the guy. Mm-hmm. Other guys mm-hmm. in a traditional kung fu outfit, you know, and it just gets used as, you know, places to grab and you grab from around the collar or the sleeve or the, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's folly because if you don't, and you have to be living in a cave not to know that when it gets in close, the clinch is on. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is the first indication to me is not just the lack of clinch work, the wrong gear, you're wearing the wrong gear to the wrong party. But it's also, um, as soon as the guy got tagged, I think both of them are, to recollect but when you see a guy get tagged and he drops turns away pulls his head away and look you know and just tries to cover up without any backup plan you realize that guy hasn't been sparring properly maybe he's been sparring the students and his students are just taking it easy because they don't want to you know attack the master i don't know you know i don't know the background of this guy but well actually the my and my the title was yep. like wing um, mma versus wing chun student or something like this right Mm. Yeah, well, I don't know if he's the head of the school or a senior mm. student. I don't know all, that, all those things. But when a guy gets tagged yeah. and, and turns his head away and kind of goes into a shell, that tells me that that guy is not used to training for full contact bouts because all of my fighters, they they know they're going to get tagged. They're prepared for it. Or even my students that don't compete, they are – all prepared for that because it's something we discuss and it's something we practice. We don't want to, our duty of care as a coach to make sure no one gets damaged, Mm -hmm. but I also have a duty of care to make sure that they're prepared. So, yeah, I'd say he wasn't sparring at that level for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Would you feel that Wing Chun would actually look a bit different when preparing to um, fight with uh, versus an MMA um, you know, practitioner or fighter, or so on and so forth. What yeah, would, sure. What would one need to adjust? Okay. Um, this is something we addressed 20-plus years ago. Mm-hmm. I went, okay, um, we didn't know the clinch game when I was fighting as well as what we do now. You need to operate. You need to understand clinch work. Yes. You need to understand, have a really good takedown game. You need to have 
if if you don't want to be a BJJ tragic or a wrestling fanatic, you need to have rudimentary ground skills. Uh, if you don't have that, you're going to die on the ground against you know against that guy. Yes. So you need to realize. Now, my opinion on Wing Chun is a little controversial. I believe that it was a hybrid system when it was first developed. If we believe the story of the five grandmasters building a system out of what was available, why have we lost that? Mm-hmm. Where where is that? principle gone that philosophy because we should still be adapting and improvising and evolving uh because it was designed to work under extreme pressure and it's not working under extreme pressure well we have ranked fighters in the cage we've got a world champion in kickboxing we've got boxing fighters because we go out there and pressure test ourselves and we pick up what we need and we absorb it into wing chun because the structure is good the science behind it's great it works well on paper but you need to make it work in the real world because theoretical Wing Chun to me is just, you know, it's just that. It's just an idea. Mm-hmm, you need mm-hmm. to push it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. I love it. And uh, for everyone watching right now, guys, let us know in the comment section, how do you test your uh, Wing Chun? Like, what do you consistently do to uh, test theory against practice, right? Against um, against fact. Awesome. Have you seen the one... Uh, versus boxing the uh winton versus boxing where the boxer had like one hand uh behind his back was he just a western boxer or was he like a kickboxer western just using boxer. His... he just basically used um just one hand yeah to fight well you know Chun practitioner. one thing wing chun needs to address is you know chain punching is fine it's a it's a very economical and, and a uh you know, good way to, to fire off a multiple amount of punches. Mm-hmm, but, you mm-hmm. know, where was, was the left hook? Where was the right hook? Well, this guy's got his hand behind his back and you can't cut to get on that side. Yeah. Hook him. You know what I mean? The guy, you're just getting baited into this one-dimensional fight method. And it's just, uh, you know, that's just a little bit embarrassing because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why don't you just step up and hook the guy when his hand's behind his back? He's in, he's If he doesn't have the head movement, you're going to cold cock the guy. So yeah. I look at that and I go, man, you're just fighting stylistically. You're not fighting, you know, in the moment that you need to just, you know, it's just frustrating because they just go, oh, Wing Chun is this and Wing Chun is that. And I go, well, no, that's, you know, he doesn't represent me. He doesn't represent my guys, you know. Mm. Um, that's just sad that we get tarred with the same brush but that doesn't represent me and uh, i feel for the kid i tell you what i have to say um and i don't know if it was all set up I, you know it doesn't seem set up but what i say is i don't know if it was just a big show and blah 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 but uh you have to take your hat off to these guys for getting in there and having a crack at it for believing in what they do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but i and i hope they take i, I respect that I hope they take a lesson away from that going, wow, we really got to sh- get our shit squared away. We're, we're, there's a lot of things we're missing because Wing Chun is a brilliant discipline, but you have to pressure test it. And if it doesn't evolve, it's just going to become uh, a- antiquated. Yes, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And I, I actually, uh, I was happy when I saw the video because I feel that it's actually pushing all of us as a Wing Chun community to test um to test what we're doing a lot more and not just take information at face value, in my opinion. What yeah. do you guys think? What do you guys think who are listening in right now to us? And by the way, by the way, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We have uh, 100 people listening to us uh, live right now. You guys are awesome. Let us know where, which part of the world are you uh, listening to us, right? 
and uh, let us know if you agree that this is actually a positive thing for Wing Chun. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it? How do you feel it will impact uh, what we're doing? Myself? Um, I, I Look, I don't know. Um, you know, when my master, when Yip Man passed away, my master took over or kind of put himself in the position of grandmaster and everyone was kind of saying, yeah, Sifu William Chung, he's great, he's great. And then as soon as he left Hong Kong, it was all sort of back to normal. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a bit of shock value initially. But the, if they're really paying attention, because the one thing about the internet is you can't hide anymore. If you're fake, you know, you get caught out. And I think that's a great thing. I think that's wonderful. But you've got, I think, as a, if it's long term, start doing some BJJ. Mm-hmm, you start mm-hmm. doing some start doing some pummeling. You know, if you don't know what pummeling is, it's a wrestling terminology for. It's literally like chi sao, but you've got more five, four or five layers of pummeling. Whereas in chi sao, it's kind of like one layer. Mm-hmm. But if you go into the wrist, the bicep, the collar, the neck, the arms, and you know, there's all these different pummeling drills, and and that would in, initiate your clinch game. It would take your clinch game to a completely new level. Right. And what I've done is is create a, a kind of a transgression from. Mm-hmm. Chi Sao through to all these pummeling drills because I think that's critical. But um, I think short term shock, yeah, disappointment. Long term, learn from it. You know, there's something I've always said to my guys, and you know, I mean, when I say guys, I mean guys and girls. I've got girls who compete. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's every now and again you'll lose. No one wins 100% of the time unless you're Rocky Marciano, whatever. But um, mm-hmm. you just if you lose and you don't take the lesson with you. And then that's really bad. You've got to take the lesson. What could I have done better? Where could I go from here? How do I get back to the drawing board? Because it's mastery orientated more than just outcome orientated. That's really critical to take on board. I love that. I love that. Absolutely. Mm. Yum. Um, and you know, my my uh, two cents on um, on the video and what happened in both cases is. And, and this was a huge eye-opener for me when I met DKU um, last year. And we I actually interviewed him as well on the pluses and, um, you know, the pros and cons of <laughs> Wing Chun. And what he was saying was that, you know, the hands in Wing Chun are excellent. You know, they, they're amazing. Uh, what Wing Chun needs to adjust or to get in terms with is... The footwork, right? The footwork is very, very stuck to the floor, and I think it's a huge uh, minus in both uh, both these fights, both the MMA, both the boxing, right? They they can't really control their distance effectively enough. They can't go in quickly enough. They can't go out quickly enough. And um, yeah, you know, I kind of adjusted my um, the way I trade since that conversation with DKU. In the sense of, of both having fast footwork and but also keeping that powerful Wing Chun engine. Mm. Yeah, that's actually brilliant because uh, we have a very structured, a very, uh, you know, I, I talked about footwork all the time. Mm-hmm. And we got out of the pigeon toed stance into a diagonal 45 degree stance. We're up on our toes. We're doing things that, you know, if you look at uh, the UFC, mm-hmm. there was. It was pretty rudimentary back in the first days. You look at it, it was pretty pretty rudimentary. Guys were just standing toe-to-toe and banging away. And in came 
hoist and all of a sudden people understood, heard this thing called BJJ and ground game and all of a sudden it was just like wildfire. I mean, it's one of the biggest growing disciplines on the planet. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have great footwork. If you look at them trying to get in on the first few UFCs, they were kind of just, everyone was a bit edgy. And then the wrestlers came in and the wrestlers were shooting, changing levels, Mm -hmm. very aggressive. Mm -hmm. They could cut across the ring in a split second and everyone took notice about that. And then, and then everyone got good at shooting and much better at moving and then strikers had their day and you know and that's if you look at the ufc it's this cauldron where you know it's you know it's it's forcing the evolution and if you don't have uh, dynamic footwork and fluidity and speed and you can't cut so that you can create angles and you just stand toe to toe which is the worst place in the world to be because all the weapons are right in front of you you know if you can't create an angle uh, man you're going to get caught out even if you've got you know, brilliant skills, hand skills. If your feet let you down, you know, it's 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 going to be a disaster in the long run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what? that's a brilliant assumption. So well done. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great, it's a great comparison of uh, how things evolve, you know. And a lot of people love to, um, to stick to, you know, yeah, but this is how it's always been done. So it needs to work. That's not always true. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's folly. Awesome. Uh, see, yeah. Brain, what can people do to um, train or how can people adjust their training to be better prepared in today's world, right? And facing people who have very strong um, hooks, uh, haymakers, and um, so on and so forth. How can they um, better prepare for situations like this? Okay, um, we do a, a seminar called Urban Survival, which is all about what happens out on the street. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, okay, if we talk about the actual combat point, I have a viewpoint on that. But um, before we get into that, uh, what we do is I say, look, if I show you a bunch of techniques, you do this against a haymaker, you do this against a guy with a knife, you do this against a guy with a bottle or whatever. So well, you're at the, you're at the, you know, DEFCON 4, you're right at the worst part of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I start, I precurse all of that with situational awareness, reading the room, understanding where you are in time and space and, and having yes. spatial awareness because, you know, 90% of all of these situations could probably be avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, so I teach a lot of that about being aware, not being a soft target. And when I mean a soft target, I mean your face is in your phone, you're listening to an iPod. Yes, you know, you're literally just totally dis- disconnected from the outside world, but you're in the outside world and you're what I would consider to be a soft target. And guys that want to do you harm and take what, you know, for whatever reason they want to take what you've got, they have a plan. They're looking for the soft targets all the time. So if you're going to, if you really want to prepare for these guys, you need to actually be much more aware. Mm. If it kicks off and you can't discourage them and you can't, because there's a ritual that occurs when people make eye contact and somebody yes. wants to kick off. You get caught into this ritual. Uh, if you at, at, at the very end you cannot uh, stop the guy from getting arced up, and you need to understand the assault has already started. And in Australia, you have the right to do what's called a preemptive strike, mm-hmm. which is distract him and then preemptively strike him before he hits you. Oh, really? Um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it's called a preemptive strike. It's legal. It's just that you have to be – the guy has to threaten you. The guy has to say, I'm going to smash your face, in, and then you can then preemptively strike him. And there's a whole little tweaks and tricks that you can mm-hmm. use to mm-hmm. kind of get that off the ground. Unfortunately, in the police force, they have to wait until they get assaulted before they can actually fight back. Yeah, we just need to, we need to see them, hear the magic mm-hmm. words. But um, 
<clears throat> and then you're, you're, you're being assaulted so you can defend yourself. But if we go back to physically, you need to be fit, you need to be strong, you need to have the reflexes, and you just need to spar and pressure test mm. all the time. If you're not sparring at whatever degree of pressure, um, whether it's with – we do a lot of sparring without strikes just to improve our clinch, then we spar with strikes to, and still clinch, yes. then we spar with 16-ounce gloves on, MMA gloves – uh, sometimes we'll just restrict the amount of tools we can use to just isolate and strengthen them. Mm -hmm, and sometimes mm -hmm. you're just going to get a guy coming in and throwing barrage of strikes. So you have to work on defense and covering up and so on and so forth. You've got to do it all. There's no one perfect technique. Anyone who says, I'm just going to do this and that's going to work every time is, is delusional. Mm. It's awesome. delusional. Awesome. So, um, Guys, uh, for everyone who's watching right now, uh, post a question. If you have any question that you'd like us to uh, answer regarding sparring, regarding, um, you know, your training or um, your evolution as a uh, martial artist, um, just post it in the comment section and uh, we'll do our best to answer it. We'll, we still have about five minutes of this interview, so we'll be taking one question. Um, Great. So basically, just test things out and uh, learn from it, right? Absolutely. You know, like I've said every time, you, know, you get a loss on, on the, in the ring, you learn the lesson, you go back to the drawing board, you have a sparring session on the mat, yeah. and you get knocked on your bum, you get up and you figure out what did he do right, what did I do wrong, you analyze it, you, you implement a plan to, to do something better next time, and you just have to keep you know, turn it up because if, you know, 99% of success is just turning up mm -hmm. if you stick at it and the, and the right mat environment is there. It's, it, you know, our mat environment is supportive and it's healthy and it, we have fun, but we realize that on the other side of that, we need to constantly keep a vigilant eye on what's happening and keep pressure testing. And, and, you know, like last night, we had a massive sparring session on the mat at the main Quoon here in Sydney and there was, you know, 30 people sparring mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and in all various levels. And I get them to rotate through all the different levels. So a young guy can experience what a, an advanced guy is like with, you know, great kicks and great punches and some great takedowns, good groundwork, but not being smashed. They're not being bullied. They're just being coached and mm -hmm. pressure is put back on them. That's a really critical, critical thing. You need to keep learning, keep evolving. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Uh, Spain, if you could ask any everyone uh, listening in one question and have them uh, send out send an answer, what would that be? What would you like to ask them? If I wanted to ask them one question, yes. Okay, one question. It's uh, a good, good. Um, how real is the mat that you're standing on? How real is it? How real is the mat? Is the mat that you stand on, that you go to every night, that you go to every week, mm. how real is it? Mm -hmm. And ask that question. And don't be afraid to ask that question because you could spend years wasting time on a mat and walk away with skills that are irrelevant. You need to ask yourself or ask the, the question. I'm asking you, how real is your mat? How real is the culture? How real is the pressure? Mm -hmm. You know, What are you really getting out of it? Mm. Yeah, awesome. Great question, guys. So let us know in the comment section. Um, it, it is a bit like, it, it needs a bit of thought, you know, because I, I, I feel like 
everybody who's uh who's training martial arts you wouldn't normally go to your school if you didn't think that you're getting some kind of value or if it's not real right but sometimes you feel like you you feel that it's not the thing right but you just af- you're just afraid to change that was my case at least right in my previous school we yeah. were, we would not spar at all right and i always felt weird about it but i said you know what this is the way the training is so maybe i just need to train harder right well yeah yeah i i well said it's it's i think and my 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 kind of perspective on that is people don't know what they don't know they come into a school they're a little bit nervous a bit of intrepidation they join the school they want to fit in they're excited you know, there's people with some skills and people have been telling them this and telling them that, and they don't know. They don't know. So, you know, they don't know if it's real or if there's, you know, real skills there. Is it life skills? Is it going to help me get home tonight? Is it going to help me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, develop as a human being? But, you don't. some people just don't know what they don't know, and you need to ask the tough questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. I love that. So guys, think about it and post it in the comment section. Let us know is or how real the mat you're going to every night is. Um, Sifu Spain, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, join us on uh, in this interview. Um, looking forward, looking forward to having you once again. Thank you so much, Bogdan. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks. I think you're uh, doing a great thing because it's you're asking all the right questions and getting people to take notice. That's what we need to be doing. Thank, Thank you. you for inviting me. I, I appreciate that uh, as well very much. Um, and just as much as I appreciate everybody who uh, took the time to uh, write a comment, let me just give a quick shout-out before we finish to... Um, Saul to Clay to Odopil. I'm sorry guys for butchering your names. I'm doing my best <laughs> <laughs> To Clay to Hugo to Rondo Hugo again Kevin Edgar Jim and Mushu I I have no way I can pronounce this name. I'm sorry <laughs> And Apex Dino guys. Thank you so much for saying hello and for everyone who's uh, who's watching and tuned in, guys, have an amazing day. Let us know what your thoughts are on this whole um, fight controversy. You know, how do you feel about your training? Uh, Sean Wood is saying thumbs up from France. Great to have you, Sean. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, I'll see everyone next time. Until then, um, share this with your Kung Fu brothers if they need to see this, right? And uh, keep training hard. Sifu Spain, thank you so much once again. Thank you, and thank you to everyone that uh, listened in. Thank you so much.